oh boy, this offseason has not been good for the New York Islanders. And also, is Pavel Zaka way better than Eric Kala? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode. Buckle up and I got some catching up to do. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. My apologies for not posting an episode the last couple of days. As many of you might have already been aware, I recently moved to Phoenix, Arizona because I am attending Arizona State University. I am trying to pursue my master's in sports journalism. And at the time it's recording, I'm actually filming this episode in the Walter Cronkite School because I just figured, why not? And also my apartment is still getting done a little bit. So I I decided to just record the episode here so you don't see my jerseys in the background. But don't worry, they'll make a return sooner rather than later. So just wanted to give you guys that little life update. So Nazem Kadri is heading to the Calgary Flames, not the New York Islanders. So remember in the previous episode, I looked at the Locked On mock, and I basically said, Look, I know the New Jersey Devils and teams four through seven are pretty much a coin flip at this point because I think everyone is projecting for the Philadelphia Flyers to finish in last and the three guaranteed teams to make the playoffs. I think people are saying the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Rangers, and then I think more people are saying that they have more confidence in the Pittsburgh Penguins, whereas the Washington Capitals, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, it's, you know, it's just basically pick your poison because I always say the... The, the teams in the Metro are getting older. So like the Penguins are getting older. The uh, Islanders are also an old team and the Capitals are an old team. So I'm just like, okay. So I think this is a good opportunity for New Jersey Devils to possibly make some noise. However, I am so glad that Kadri is going to the Calgary Flames because look, I know the Flames are loaded and the fact that they were able to rebound after losing Matthew Kachuk and also Johnny Goodrow is very impressive. So the Battle of Alberta is going to stand. I can't wait to see them take on the Edmonton Oilers uh, this upcoming year. So uh, guys, I don't know how the Calgary Flames are able to do so, but I'm not locked on Flames, so I can't really touch on it. But it just goes to show you the Islanders did not have a successful offseason. Now, a lot of you are probably going to be wondering, wait a minute, didn't the New Jersey Devils also strike out on a lot of players? So, like, we were rumored to possibly snag Johnny Goodrow from free agency. Uh, we were in the running for Alex DeBrinket and also Kevin Fiala. I don't know how true those rumors were. I also heard some storylines saying that the New Jersey Devils did have a deal in place with the Calgary Flames on the night of the draft to send away, I think, the second overall pick for the rights for Matthew Kachuk. However, like I said, I don't know how true or not those rumors were. So the New Jersey Devils, yes, we did lose out on a lot of players, but we did get better by default. So one of the things that we did was we added more veteran pieces to our roster. So that way we were not the youngest team in the NHL. And another team that uh, comes to mind in the Metro is the Columbus Blue Jackets, because yes, they did get Johnny Goodrow, but at the same time, they're still one of the youngest teams in the NHL. So I said in the last episode, my prediction for the for the Columbus Blue Jackets is this. I think they're going to get off to a good start to the season, but I think they're going to hit a wall come midseason and they're going to crash and burn. 
that's my overall mindset just because they're the youngest team in the NHL. And I'm speaking from experience because the Devils were the youngest team in the NHL, I believe, last season, or if not, definitely the year before. So I'm just speaking from experience uh, from my standpoint in that regard. So I think the New Jersey Devils, yes, we got better during the course of the offseason. We got Andre Palat. I know we overpaid him a little bit, but I think he is the player that the New Jersey Devils have been searching for the last couple of years, ever since Taylor Hall left, which is who's the leader, who's the person who's rallying the troops. And then we get someone like Eric Holla, who I'm going to touch on a little later in the episode because Mark Recchi had a controversial statement. And then we also obviously got uh, Brendan Smith and, uh, and we were able to get VTech Vanacek. So the overall thing that the New Jersey Devils were able to do is that they were able to get more depth. And if you remember, Christy Flannery of the Hockey Writers appeared on this show not too long ago, and she was like, you know what, I'm glad that we didn't really get Johnny Goodrow because we're putting all our eggs into one basket, whereas we could get more depth and we're not so top-heavy. And I would have to agree with her in that sort of sense because, you know, getting someone like Andre Pilat, getting someone like uh, Reno, getting someone like Brendan Smith, Vitek Vanacek, these are the players that can help us win more games because we need more depth. That's the fact of the matter because we were just too top heavy. Also, another X factor that I think people are sleeping on is Miles Wood. I believe Miles Wood can definitely provide some more scoring and physicality on our bottom six. So when looking at the New Jersey Devils, I don't think it was a you know the most successful offseason, but I think this is definitely something we can look forward to this upcoming year, especially with uh, three teams in the Metro getting older, the Columbus Blue Jackets being the youngest team in the NHL, the Flyers being a hot mess. I think this is the best opportunity for New Jersey Devils to try to be a dark horse or, and compete for a wild card position. Because like I said, you got three teams in the Metro who are very old. They're the oldest teams in the NHL. That is the Capitals. That is the Islanders. And then that is the Penguins. And then like I said, Columbus Blue Jackets, youngest team in the NHL. So if those want to make some noise, now's the time to do so. So that's my overall mindset this offseason for the New Jersey Devils. And I hope you guys can have a little bit of a better perspective on it. And also, our prospect pool is tremendous. Look what Luke Hughes was able to do in the World Junior Championship. And he was lighting it up. And, and you know, I, did, I know he got hurt uh, uh, last night. But still, it doesn't take away from the fact that Luke Hughes had a phenomenal run during the course of this world juniors championship uh, string of games. And he was able to just make a niche for himself. And I was also saying that maybe he should forego his sophomore year of college and maybe play at the NHL. But uh, I think the writing is on the wall that he's going to do one more year at the university of Michigan, and then he's going to come over here, but that's a prospect I'm looking forward to. It seems like more people are on board with Simone Nemetz. My buddy, Jersey Joe talked nothing but good things about Nemetz and what he could potentially bring to the roster for New Jersey Devils. I don't anticipate him to make the opening night roster. I feel as though he's going to get his start in Utica, but we'll see what happens in that regards. Alexander Holtz, look, I know a lot of people are doubting Alexander Holtz, but here's my thing for Holtz. We just did not give him a big enough opportunity to just be himself. So it was one of the reasons why he didn't make the opening night roster this past year because he and Dawson Mercer were battling it out for that position and ultimately, if I had to pick or choose, I would have chose Dawson Mercer. I even said it in that episode. I said, I feel as though Mercer, just based on what he was doing in preseason games, what he was doing in training camp, what he was doing in the practices, the things that he was doing, you cannot teach. Like he was just playing wise beyond his years, in my opinion. And I just saw him making all sorts of plays. And I was just like, this guy has to be on the roster for New Jersey Devils this upcoming year. I love them both. I wish they both would have made the roster, but I feel as though... Alexander Holtz would have had a better opportunity 
in Utica and he was lighting it up there. Now, if he was struggling in Utica and because during his stint in the NHL, the few games that we did give him a chance to suit up and play and he didn't really do much. If he was in Utica and he wasn't doing well, I would have uh, said, yeah, I'm a little concerned about that, but that wasn't the case. He was lighting it up in Utica. So I think that's another prospect that I think we should be talking more about. Fabian Zetterlin, I did an episode centered around what he could potentially do. Big guy. I want to see Fabian Zetterlin be an enforcer for the New Jersey Devils. He's a big guy. He has to be one of the strongest guys on the rink. Don't be afraid to put your body out there and just basically fight some guys. I will take a 10-minute uh, major for Fabian Zetterlin because I just want him to assert himself. He was really good on the offensive side of things. I personally thought he was very underrated. And I feel as though he has nothing but good positivity coming his way. So I want you guys to take that into consideration. So uh, that's my overall mindset in, in terms of how I think the Devils are going to do in the Metro. I feel as though they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. I feel as though they're there or they're just like a piece or two away from actually making legitimate noise. But I feel as though this is a good opportunity for them. Three teams out in the Metro getting older. You got the Columbus Blue Jackets, youngest team in the NHL. You got the Flyers, hot garbage. So I think the only two teams that pretty much are a lot to make the playoffs are the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. I think other positionings, other teams, it's up for grabs. Now, like I said in the last episode, I have great respect for the Penguins for trying to keep their core together. There are three guys, um, their, their band in play, but it's just a slow death march. And it just feels as though, like, you know, are you really competing for a championship? You've already won your Stanley Cup championships. You've won three of them in a, what, like a 10 or so span? That's impressive. That's a dynasty right there. So much respect to the Pittsburgh Penguins, but it's just like, I, I don't really know. Like, what are they going to do this year? I'm going to have to talk to Hunter of Locked On Penguins and get his overall take in that regards. And then for the Washington Capitals, they're obviously up there in age. So you got to take that into consideration. And then for the Islanders, they just did not have a good offseason, at least for the Devils. Here's the one argument I could say for the Devils. At least we were able to save face. That's all I have to say. At least we were able to save face in that regard, because when we struck out with Johnny Goodrow, we were able to just get Andre Palat, and Andre Palat was our second option. I'd rather have our second option than our 10th option or 11th option. I'd rather have plan B than X, Y, and Z. So I want people to, you know, also consider that. So, yes, the Devils didn't, like, have the splashiest of – is that even the word splashiest? <laughs> um, they didn't have one of the flashiest of off seasons, And it was, you know, kind of disappointing when we were in the running for some of these big-name players and we weren't able to get them. But at the same time, it's just like we were able to save face and we're able to maintain. I think that's the one thing the Devils uh, are going to do this upcoming year. They're going to try to get the most out of – Andre Pilat, I want him to take his game to another level. I know he's getting up there in age. I know he's 31. He's going to turn 32 in March. But I think, you know, there's this old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I feel like for Pilat, he was one of the more underrated players for the Tampa Bay Lightning during their Stanley Cup finals runs. Like, uh, they went to three straight Stanley Cup finals. They won two back-to-back. And it's just like, I feel as though he is one of the more underrated players because this past playoff uh playoff stretch for the the lightning he appeared in 23 games he had 11 goals 10 assists for a grand total of 21 points so one of the things i said for andre Pilat is that he knows when to step up his game when it matters most 
So I want everyone to also take that into consideration. If the Devils, God forbid, go on another long game losing streak, I think Andre Pilat will be my X factor to get him out of the muck. I feel as though Andre Pilat can be that player for the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, everything that was surrounding in the news, it just gave me an opportunity to talk about, hey, this offseason, we could have been like the Islanders and not have done anything. And now we just struck out with our top option. We got no backup in play. Or we could just say, you know what? We didn't get what we wanted at first, but we'll take what we could get and we'll move forward. So, Lula Morello, I'm sorry, man, but that's how the business is. Now, but first, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at Bill Bar. So, if you haven't tried Bill Bar Puffs yet, well, guess what? You're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bill has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite flavor. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com and snag a box for you and your family, and your mama ain't going to keep them top shelf because they are healthy. So, you know, the old saying, top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Well, in this case, I think she'll be giving you the cookies because these are healthy. So like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty, covered in cookie dough with a light fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs. Whether you need it for a snack, a workout to get you through a meeting, whatever the case might be, you're going to love them. So grab yourself a Built Bar. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, let's talk about a controversial claim by former assistant coach Mark Recchi. So Mark Recchi decided to break the news and say that Pavel Zaka is better than Eric Hala, and he didn't mince his words. So here's what he had to say. He said he's a great kid. I mean, just a great kid and a great teammate. In regards to Pavel Zaka, as for him as a player, well, I think there's a ton of skill once he can figure out how to use it on a consistent basis. I mean, talent-wise, Donnie, Bruins general manager Don Sweetie, he's referring to, got a steal here. Talent-wise, he's way better than Hala. He's got the skill and just a big body. And when he uses that body, he's hard to take the puck away from. So here's the thing about Mark Recchi. And I think Mark Recchi, in my humble opinion, I think he's still a little salty that the New Jersey Devils fired him because, let's face it, I had high hopes for Mark Recchi when we did sign him as an assistant coach when Lindy Ruff decided to bring him along. But the fact of the matter is this. Mark Recchi wasn't able to perform. It was time for him to go. If Lindy Ruff wasn't out, one of his assistant coaches was. And that happened to be Mark Recchi. So I think he's just a little salty by the fact that he was let go by the New Jersey Devils because the New Jersey Devils bottom tier team don't really want you. I know that could be a bit of a confidence deflator. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, uh, Mark Recchi, look, if he's trying to make a cl- – uh, how do I say this? I would say that I, I think he has somewhat of a case. I think he's half right, but I just don't think he's fully right, if that makes sense. So what I'm trying to say is that when, when the Hala and Zaka trade first broke through – I was like, okay, we get Eric Halla, a veteran type of player. He's been in the league for a while, and maybe he could provide some offense for our bottom six, and I project for him to lead the centers on the third line 
because I, I anticipate for Dawson Mercer to move over to a wing position because I think he's better suited next to Jack Hughes and Yegor Sharon Govich. So I said like Eric Hala for the time being is the better player. But the one thing I did say, and I, you know, planted the seed in some of the devil's fan base's mind. I said that Pavel Zaka, if he does have a good year with the Boston Bruins, I wouldn't be surprised because I feel so for Pavel Zaka and Chrissy Flannery. Once again, when she appeared on my show, she pretty much said the same thing that I said, which is, it just seemed like Pavel Zaka, he hit a wall with the New Jersey Devils. It just seemed like he was uninspired and he and his talent was getting wasted out in New Jersey. Now, I'm not saying that the New Jersey Devils basically got robbed here in the trade. I'm just saying, like, you know, for Pavel Zaka, we traded him while his value was somewhat decent. And it seemed like the New Jersey Devils were trying to do whatever it took to just, you know, get more veteran players. And just it just seemed like they were done with Pavel Zaka. So, I said it in the trade reaction episode a little while back. I said that it, I would have been stunned if Pavel Zaka suited up in another game in a Devils uniform. I just didn't anticipate him returning to the organization because I said, like, if the Devils opt in on his contract, he is strictly just a trade pawn. That's all I see Pavel Zaka as this time around. But at the same time, I just feel as though Zaka, when he was drafted, it, it just seemed like, you know, a lot of people were just comparing him to. Uh, his respective peers that were also drafted in that same class back in 2015. And that was one of the best draft classes in recent memory. So Connor McDavid was in that draft class. Jack Eichel was in that draft class. Mitchell Marner, Noah Hannafin, the list goes on. And I believe Mackenzie Blackwood was also in that same draft class. I can't remember off the top of my head, but ultimately Pavel Zaka was always the rut of the litter when talking about that respective uh, draft back in 2015. And rightfully so, because when you look at Connor McDavid, when you look at Mitchell Marner, when you look at, you know, what they were able to accomplish, uh, McDavid with the Edmonton Oilers being a once in a generation type talent and possibly uh, trying to make a name for himself as to why he should be the greatest player to ever play. He has a lot of work to do if he wants to live up to that name, but just digressing a little bit so that way you guys don't roast me in the comments section or come at me on Twitter. I'm just saying he's trying to make a case for himself, but uh, you know, when looking at what, uh, McDavid was able to do with the Edmonton Oilers, what Mitchell Marner was able to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and looking at what Pavel Zaka has done with the New Jersey Devils, a low-tier team, not a playoff team, and the fact that he's not able to dominate, you know, it, it, it just didn't make a good case for him, and he was always the butt of most jokes by Devils uh, fan base, by NHL fans, whatever the case might be. I'd say during the 56-game year back in uh, 2021 was his best year. He suited up in 50 games. He had 17 goals, 18 assists for a grand total of 35 points. So he was solid, and he did lead the New Jersey Devils in points. However, when comparing him to the entire NHL, um, he was like anywhere from, I think, 90 to 100 for most points in the NHL during that 56-game year. So it was just like, um, yeah, Pavel Zaka, he did respectable for New Jersey Devils standards, but in terms of what his peers in that draft class have done, just a far cry. And Pavel Zaka, it was time for him to go. He was just uninspired. It seemed like he lost all confidence. And it just seemed like the New Jersey Devils we were trying to go in a different direction. So, look, I get what Mark Recchi is just trying to say. He's just trying to say that I think Pavel Zaka is not a lost cause. And I would have to agree with them in that regards. I don't think Pavel Zaka is a lost cause. And, in fact, if the Boston Bruins are able to just reach more untapped potential from Pavel Zaka, then – Mark Recchi's right. They did get a steal. And I feel as though Pavel Zaka does have a lot to prove. But for right now, don't say that Pavel Zaka is way better than Eric Halla because the stats don't show that. 
because Eric Halla this past year suited up in 78 games. He had 18 goals, 26 assists for a grand total of 44 points. Whereas you look at someone like Pavel Zaka, he suited up in 70 games. He had 15 goals, 21 assists for a grand total of 36 points, and he had a plus minus on negative 21. Eric Halla's plus minus was plus 19. So it's just like you can't say that Eric Halla is not better than Pavel Zaka. You just cannot make that claim. And to say that Pavel Zaka is way better than Eric Halla, that's saying a mouthful, especially with how the stats are right now. I think Mark Recchi, just a little salty with how things ended in New Jersey based on my stance on this whole ordeal. But my overall thing is, is simply this. Like, you, you worded that very poorly. Like, you should have just said, like, Pavel Zaka, not a lost cause, has a lot of untapped potential, and he could potentially do something. I, I will back you up on that. I feel as though the Boston Bruins might have gotten a diamond in the rough with Pavel Zaka. And Devils fans, if Pavel Zaka is able to take off this year, don't be surprised. I'm not betting on it. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Not betting on it, but I wouldn't be surprised either. So I'm just saying, Pavel Zaka, not lost cause, and maybe playing for a, a you know playoff caliber team like the Boston Bruins, maybe, just maybe, Pavel Zaka could have an, a career year. Now, it wouldn't take that much because he, he would have to like live up to what he did during the 2021 COVID-shortened 56-game season. But I'm just putting that out there into the into the realm, just saying like Pavel Zaka, I feel as though he still has a, a lot to prove. And I feel as though, you know, the Devils, we got what we wanted. I still feel as though the Devils won the trade because we got the better player at the time in Eric Kala. And I feel as though Eric Kala can help us with our depth because that was the overall thing I was, you know, preaching about going into this offseason, which is we need more forward help. And I feel as though Pavel Zaka just wasn't going to be the answer. And I feel as though Eric Kala is that answer for New Jersey Devils. So I love the trade for New Jersey Devils. I love the trade for Boston Bruins. I feel as though this is a trade that can benefit both teams going forward. For Pavel Zaka, you're going to have a, a, a not-so-confident player who still has a lot of potential, not a lost cause, and like I said, still relatively young, so you can maybe get the most out of them. And then for Eric Kala, you get a 31-year-old veteran who's been in the league for a while, can help with the bottom six, can help rally the troops together because I feel as though the New Jersey Devils this is what we've been missing the last couple of years. We need more veteran help. And I'm glad that the New Jersey Devils are no longer the youngest team in the NHL. And I, I get we didn't jump all that high, but we jumped, I, I think, like five or so positions. Last time I checked, I think we're like 26th in the entire league for uh, average uh, age. So my, my overall thing is this. I love the trade for both respective teams. I half agree with Mark Recchi, but I don't fully agree if that makes sense. I feel as though he worded that very wrong. And I feel as though he could have said it a little in, in a different sort of tone. And I just feel as though just saying it, just saying like um, Eric Halla is not better than Pavel Zaka. And in fact, to say that Pavel Zaka is way better than Eric Halla, saying a mouthful, especially when the stats don't really back it up. So let me know what you guys think about the overall trade ordeal between the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils that took place a while ago. What are your thoughts on Eric Halla? What are your thoughts on Pavel Zaka? Do you think Pavel Zaka is a lost cause? Do you think he'll have a career year with the Boston Bruins? Do you think Eric Kala will be the answer that the New Jersey Devils have been looking for in terms of getting more depth and just more scoring consistency? I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts, so leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, and the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys, so thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.